0: Hello everybody, welcome back to episode 12 of the School Playbook Podcast. Today we'll be interviewing one of our teachers, Mrs. Cannon, and her teaching experience. Thank you guys.
1: All right. so I'll start with the first question for you, Mrs. Cannon. Um, What is it that you teach here at our school and what made you choose that subject in particular?
2: Hmm. So, I actually hope that I teach truth and how to find truth and how to find, like, principles, like, in everything that we talk about. Now, whether or not that actually happens is up to discussion, I guess. <laughs> but um, the actual subjects that I teach and where I try to do that is in English and history, um, American history and American literature. And then I also have taught um, U.S. government citizenship. I've taught world religions. Um, I've taught adult roles, Um and middle school English, I guess those are the uh, I guess those are the official things that I've taught, so yeah, that's great, yeah
3: uh, just along that topic um. Did you think you were ever going to become a teacher at a young age?
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny because my parents are teachers and my grandparents are teachers, and like it was kind of in our oh, wow. blood. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to be a DJ. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Different.
2: Yeah. And so then, you know, when I grew up a little bit and I thought, okay, maybe that won't actually work for me. <laughs> um, I wanted, I went into communications originally in college. And after the first semester of that, I felt like that wasn't the place for me. And so I started to kind of like, figure out what else I wanted to do and ended up kind of just ended up into teaching. And, um, and I enjoyed it. But once I, then I stayed home with my kids for 17 years. And then when I came back to teaching, I realized like it just really was kind of like mission and like what I was meant to do. So I, I probably knew somewhere in my head, it was going to happen. I mean, all of my siblings and all of their spouses are teachers. So, <laughs> but yeah.
4: Okay. So then I just want to ask with like education is, was your education worth it to you, and why was it worth it to you if it was?
2: Okay, so was is an interesting word, um, and education also, I think we have to kind of define what that means, right? Because if you're talking about like my formal education that I got in school where I got grades and I got diplomas and degrees and stuff, um, obviously that, that I mean, that that fills a role in mm-hmm. my life. I had to do that to do what I'm doing. Um, but... I think I didn't recognize the opportunity that there was to actually like gain an education and to learn like truth and principles and how to be a better person and how to apply that until after I'd already graduated from college. And so if you talk about my education, like I really think that probably started several years later when I started to realize that there was a different way to think about education and a different way to learn and different purposes for learning. And again, like how to use that, what I'm learning to be a better person And, um, I mean, I think there's, to me, that feels like that doesn't end, like everything I listen to on the radio or everything I hear in the news or all of the articles that I read or people that I talk to, I feel like it's all education. I feel like it's all an opportunity to like listen and like glean what's in there that's true and what's in there that fits with principles and what isn't. And that sounds kind of sappy and like over the top, I guess, but like really, I think like education is something that... I continue to do and it's absolutely worth it because I feel like um, if I can go about it in the right way then I then it does hopefully help me be a better person and help me have more influence and like live by mm-hmm. you know better principles and stuff so
4: Yeah because you mentioned before in classes about like just jumping through the hoops mm-hmm. and so I'm assuming just like with that just like a formal education you just jumped through the hoops and that wasn't worth it because you didn't realize what it could mean.
2: Yeah. But I think that was on me, you know, I mm-hmm. didn't know. I mean, that was kind of the way that was kind of the way the society had trained me to be, you know, you jump through the hoops, you get the grade and it didn't like dawn on me or even like, it wasn't even in the realm of possibility that the things that I was doing in order to jump through those hoops could be education, you know, mm-hmm. could be an opportunity to learn and could be an opportunity to like improve myself and like figure out how all of that fits together. And so I feel I feel like I, lost, I missed out on, on lots of opportunities to have an actual education because I spent so much time jumping hoops.
0: Interesting. yeah, Definitely. You've, I know you've changed the way a lot of us think. Every one of us here that has taken a class from you has been positively impacted. Well, you. You know, I'll, 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 I talk to everyone that has had your classes, and they absolutely love the way you teach. Um,
2: Thank you, that's kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, because I think it's just like that
4: idea of just like changing your perspective of education. Because I know it's like specifically for me, um, like in elementary school and middle school, it really was jumping through the hoops of being like, oh, hey, look, okay, like I just got to get my homework done. Oh, I'll have to speed through this, not even care, and yeah. here's my grade. Yeah. Compared to more recently in high school, especially coming here, uh, just like, yes, it kind of like you've got to work harder, but it's also working hard can actually like...
2: It's better, I guess it's so much more rewarding, it's so much yeah. more filling. Like, it feels like I'm doing something meaningful and not just like trying to like trudge through, you know, again, like the hoops. And so, I think once you kind of get in that zone, you're like, wait a minute, like the whole world could be part of my education. So. Well, and not yeah. only
1: that, but just like how you've taught for me specifically has been more inspiring than it has been, um, like kind of enforcing. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've like drawed from your, um, your teaching style is just like, you've been able to inspire me to want to pursue education and pursue, um, English and history in those different ways. And like searching for the truth and the principles and everything. And because of that, like, I feel the inspiration and it's more on myself to actually teach myself. And then you're just there to give me the opportunities that you said, right. Yeah. To actually go through and have a meaningful experience in those.
2: You guys are so kind. (laughs) I'm trying not to cry here a little. (laughs) But I do love that you say, just one second, I do love that you say that, like, it gives you an opportunity to educate yourself. Because you really, like, as much as we want to say, I'm an educator, you know, I educate you. Really, when it comes right down to it. I mean, one of my favorite quotes from Jack Barzan is, it's a wise thing. Let's see, let me say this right. It's a it's a proud thing to say you have taught someone and a wise one not to specify what. Because I can say, yeah, I was your teacher. I taught you. Mm-hmm. But what you actually learned is really on you. It's really your responsibility. Yeah. to, ed- And only you can allow that to come into your head and allow it to affect you. And so, yeah, that self-education. I mean, all real education is self-education. Yeah, It's true. Yep.
0: You're your best teacher. Yep. Yeah. It's it's really interesting too because I think you're one of the only teachers for me that I've had that plays devil advocate when I'm like oh, asking sure. questions. <laughs> or, yeah, it's, always, it's Always. It's really devil. fun. Um, instead I don't
2: of, do that just to like well, mess no, with no, you. No, I no, we, no, no, it really no, challenges right?
0: me to grow and to learn <laughs> sure, more. Sure, sure. More than just dumping homework and being like, yeah. okay, here's this assignment it's due then. Get it done, right? Yeah. Here's the letter grade type yeah. of thing. You really are invested in your students. It re- really yeah. challenges
4: your, um, like your ideals and stuff. And I think one of like my favorite things from like class last year was like the research paper because that kind of really embodied like the principles here of just like teaching yourself. It's like, this is something you want to learn. Yeah. Do your research on it.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because um, there is kind of like this element of when I'm teaching, like there's so much of what we're doing when I'm teaching is just me wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. So when I'm playing devil's advocate or when I'm like asking you to tell me what you think, like, I don't, I mean, in some ways, I guess it's kind of selfish because I want to learn too. Like I want to think deeper and I want to think in different ways too. And the things that you guys say and think and when we ask questions about it and challenge it, that gives me an opportunity to go, okay, wait, is this, is this true? Like, is this the principle or is there some nuance here that we need to examine it? And so I'm, it's kind of selfish. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just,
4: it kind of makes me think of just like you're never not the student. Yeah. It's like you can still be the teacher, but you still always right.
2: learn so you're still a student. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I, mean, I hope that that's, getting through that, that's kind of a way of life that you can choose, you know, so. For sure. Yeah,
1: um, Definitely. Yeah, so we've kind of heard about, like, the great classes you taught. Um, I was wondering, if you had the opportunity to teach a different class or another class, what would you teach and why?
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? This is like sky's the limit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really, really loved the opportunity to teach world religions. And that was one where it's like, I don't really have any formal training in this necessarily. But I really thought it was something valuable for us to explore how like what religions are and what they what different religions perspectives are so that we could like find common ground and like communicate better. And so, um, w- one class that I would really, really love to teach that I again have almost zero background on, but I would love to do the study and like maybe take a class or something in order to do that would be economics, because I think like a lot of the stuff that we talk about with like American history and with government, um, a lot of it keeps coming back to economics. And if I understood that better, I think that I could teach everything else better as well, and then also kind of just understand what's going on in the world better. So that's probably one. Um, I don't know. It, when it, when you ask that question my initial thought is what do I want to learn? um because it's not because if i if i get to teach it then i get to learn it and so i'm currently there i'm currently working on a proposal a class proposal for an advanced government class next year Years. um so i'm super excited about teaching that and just really looking digging into like what the principles are and then how do they play out well, in like be no, I'm I'm not gonna, i know. You're you're here <laughs> for that. come back and visit yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll it will <laughs> we'll just
4: be your alumni just yeah. come back to sit in the class and like oh who are you and you're like oh, don't worry about me
2: don't worry
4: about it i'm a super
1: senior i'm a super senior i'm here for the win but yeah that's probably
2: that's probably one thing i mean i'm sure if i sat for five seconds i could think of a million others but yeah just Mm. what do i love to learn that's probably what i want to teach
1: yeah that's really cool um so i just wanted to ask you like following what david said with the um like which class you would teach um going in a different direction, what grades have you taught within those classes? Like which yeah. grades have you taught? And also, which would be your favorite to teach? And <laughs> I just want to follow before I like let you take the floor for a yeah. second, because I don't mean like an age, one age in high school is better than another. I never mm-hmm. want to say that, sure. but there are different developmental stages oh, in each age group and in each grade. Yeah. And so I kind of want to know which one that you feel you're most influential in yeah. as a teacher.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to tell on myself just a little bit here, and I probably shouldn't. (laughs) I actually graduated in elementary education. Oh my gosh. So my degree, <laughs> like... yeah. So my degree was originally to teach in elementary school, mm-hmm. but I started out teaching in a middle school with an elementary model, which meant that they were my my class, and they would I would teach them math and English and science, and then I would send them out for specialties, right? Oh. Um, and so, and I and I taught eighth grade to begin with for about four or five years, and I really really loved teaching eighth grade um, because. as as difficult as it is to like keep eighth graders focused there's you're kind of in a point in that time of your life where you're trying to figure out who you are and who you're going to be and how you're going to approach school and life and friends and all of those things Mm -hmm. and if you are able to mentor students at that age like you can have a you can have a a real impact in like where they head and I I still am in touch with a lot of my eighth graders that I taught um, years ago and so that's that's a really awesome age. Um, the other one that I so and then I've kind of moved up, right? So I taught seventh and eighth, and then I taught and seventh is awesome. They're just squirrely and fun and obedient, and it's great. <laughs> but like oh um, I did ninth grade, and that was a little bit. Ninth graders are a little harder because they're a little more. Um, I don't know. They, they think they're important, I guess. I don't know. So it's, they're less humble and harder to learn. But you still yeah. have an impact. And then I taught juniors for a lot of years, and I've really, really enjoyed that and kind of felt like that was my sweet spot. But I love the curriculum that we have here in 12th grade, and so I've been dying to get my hands on it. And so I was super excited when they let me teach Socratic 12 and teach seniors. But I had taught government to some seniors several years in a row, and and like a lot of times, like your senior year, you get kind of checked out. But when I taught Socratic, and I had two hours to discuss and principles and like all of these ama- amazing things. Like I found, like, like I feel like what happens in eighth grade is like times ten in at least in senior year, because you're about to hit adult life, yeah. <laughs> and it's you're, like t- you really you're a little right freaked now. out. And so, like, when I say things like, "Well, let me tell you about this," like it hits different, I think. And so, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd ever want to go back. I really love, love, love teaching seniors. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's so great.
2: probably my favorite Let's of
4: all. Let's go. So then I would like to ask, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to ask with that, it's like finding the truth. So in our, like, school, we talk, we talk a lot about the classics. So we've got the Iliad, Man for Meaning, all those different questions, um, all those different books. Right. Like, how do you think, like, those have been helpful to students from your perspective? Like, how do you think, oh, like, yeah. why do you think those are important in finding truth?
2: Um. Well, I think the, uh, so George Turnbull, who was a Scottish philosopher, go for Pick that one up somewhere. Anyway, um, he talked about how if you ever want to tell someone, like teach someone a lesson, Mm -hmm. don't. Tell them a story instead. And I think there's truth in that because there's something that happens when you hear someone's story and they give you space to kind of like extrapolate the principles and discuss them and kind of soak in them a little bit that is more profound and like comes from inside of you rather than someone saying like, you really shouldn't complain when you're suffering. <laughs> you know. I mean, when you hear Frankel talk about his experiences in the concentration camp and what happened there mm-hmm. and then the lessons that he drew from that, like that's much more powerful to kind of to allow you to kind of pull that out of that rather than to have someone just say, "Stop whining." <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think that's why it's I think to me that's why it's powerful because you it, it's you come to the classic and you get to find yourself in it and figure out where you need to become a better person because of it.
3: Yeah. So. I like that. We can each like draw different principles out of the story that like accommodate to our personal situation.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the classic is different for each person. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think sometimes I can't decide if the classic is classic because you're classic or because it's classic. You know, like if you anyway, I think we all kind of bring to the classic where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it? Um, I think it's Louis L'Amour that said you never step in the same river of thought twice because neither yeah. you nor it are the same. Right. And, and which is why you can read classics over and over again, because, you know, I read it when I was 16 and it was this. Mm-hmm. But then when I read it again, when I was 30, it was like, oh, wait, like that means something completely different now because I'm in a different place. Yeah. And then so. Dr.
1: Jekyll and Mr. Hyde says, the only we think constant in this world is change, right? Yeah. There's never yeah. anything yeah. else that will be constant. And for change.
2: us personally. As yeah,
1: well. for sure. Because yeah. our world is constantly changing
2: around us. Love that.
1: Um, just another question. What is the biggest mistake you've seen high schoolers make going along this, you know,
2: being mm-hmm. the teacher and like yeah.
1: what advice would you give to those people like maybe in a retrospective like how could you avoid that with your next
2: yeah. Yeah, like biggest
1: mistake or most common mistake you've yeah, seen sure. high schoolers make
2: sure i think there are two that i would probably think of to- right off the top of my head number one is not recognizing the value uh, in like educating yourself like not like just feeling like i'm just jumping through the hoops and i can just like get out of here as fast as i can you know and you kind of see that you'll you'll come into a class and you'll have a student who's just really checked out and you feel bad because you're like there's such an opportunity here for you to engage and like really be part of this and and you can't give that to someone. They have to engage themselves. You know, you can try to be as exciting as you can, but like there's a limit, right? You
1: try to inspire, but you Yeah, can't. sure. And so
2: I think like there's probably, like that would probably be the number one thing. is just engage. Just like give it a shot and just go, like what is it about this that I could find interesting and like listen and try to be engaged. The second thing that I, that I have found that um, some of my students have struggled with and I find it's kind of a common thing is just um, the difficulty in being humble enough to, want to explore viewpoints other than your own that's really really hard (laughs) right and so like i remember i had one student who was like doing this writing thing for a, a contest one time and um, they were super excited about getting this out there and they handed in their draft to me and said, what do you think? And I gave feedback and they were, they argued with me, you know, but yeah, but this, but this, but this is why. And I was like, that's fine. Like, I can't teach you <laughs> yes. if you don't want to learn. Right. And so there's a big part of like real education that comes from humility and being willing to be wrong. And I think um, it's kind of like it's a little bit like earth shattering for a person to go, wait, there might be something different than what I think. But it's also really like beautiful and human and important. So, those yeah. are probably the two things I'd say.
1: And do you think that a lot of that comes from like the self, like the discovering the self identity in a, um, in a teenager? That I do.
2: Like- I do. I don't, I mean, I think some of that is probably circumstantial. Some of it might just be personality. You know, some of us, it just takes longer to get to the point where I want to. I want to learn something new. I want to think about this in a different way, you know? And and for some of us, I mean, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, I've been a teacher this long and been on this earth this long and I'm still like changing my mind about things is sometimes a little scary to me, right? But you know how we draw that big like truth on the board that's Mm -hmm. kind of like sketched out and it's not all there and we're trying to figure out what it is? I mean, I think if we can recognize that we're on this path of trying to figure out what that all is and trying to fill that in, that means it's okay that I'm wrong sometimes or that I don't have all of the answers sometimes and there's more to fill in. And so it's just like, I mean, my gosh, we have this entire world to explore and figure out. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool.
4: And it kind of makes me think of like this interview that I was listening to just recently where it was like this scientist was talking about other scientists that's like they're so afraid to be wrong that they will just completely neglect certain principles or ideas just because they've set their reputation of being always right so they don't want to be wrong so they won't go into that thing anymore so i think it's just like from the sounds of it it's just like it's really important just like be a kid and and just keep learning and and be okay with being wrong
2: yeah i mean i i watched it i took a i I, I took a class in um, educational research one time and they were talking about how um, you know you're supposed to like go through the data and find out what the data s- tells you, right? Mm-hmm. And then write your write your thesis on, based on that. And the problem was, every single time, I mean, not every single time, but like so often in the research, what ended up happening was we would come to the research and they would be like, "Well, this is what I want it to say," and so I'll find the I'll like pull out the research that fits with what I want it to say, rather than being willing to examine all of the data. And I think mm-hmm. as human As human beings, we do that, right? We proof text. We go and we we, confirmation. We Google, yeah. We Google what we already want to believe because it's comfortable for our brains, right? Mm -hmm. Our brains don't want to have to change. That's uncomfortable. But I think if we can get ourselves in this place where, like, maybe there's something different than what I think, like, that can be really. You're really powerful.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's really important. Yeah. Like, I love that you play devil's advocate. And always <laughs> in our cast- I'm a
2: little uncomfortable with that term. Like, I feel like I have to re-examine okay. what I'm doing, but that's no, okay. No, you always
3: <laughs> push back. You always yeah. push back. Yeah. Like, no sure, matter sure, what sure. I say, you <laughs> what about this? What about yeah. this? And I love that yeah. because like, <laughs> if truth is truth, it doesn't matter what light you shine under it. And right. shining both subjects on it at once. You say, is this right or is this right? And yeah. Like, kind of think about that in your head. Like, really, honestly, yeah. that is where you grow. That is where you right. find the truth. Yeah. And because it's so important to do that. Because if you don't play devil's advocate, honestly, then it's <laughs> like,
4: then you're never going to, like, figure out what's right and what's wrong. Because then you can believe, like, you might believe in this one thing and it's like, it might be right, yeah. but you have no idea. And if you don't challenge your thoughts, then it exactly. won't be, then you won't sure. have an idea if that
1: actually
2: sure. is the truth. Yeah. Well,
1: and I think, like, you don't even, like, playing devil's advocate, <laughs> I think it just goes <laughs> You back guys out. are
2: all defending.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I think, We use the term, but, like, I think one of the reasons we use the term is because when you examine other things, you're not doing it out of a state of accusation. You do it out of a state of curiosity. And I think that's so beautiful that you, as a teacher, are still in your – like, we're very young compared to you. And, like, you're looking – in your time of life, you're still looking for the truth and the principles, Mm -hmm. even with us. And like being able to have that interaction with us is amazing. And like, also if you don't play the devil's advocate, if you don't recognize what isn't truth, how are you going to recognize what is truth? You have to have, you know, the opposition. And so like, I think that's amazing that you do it that way.
2: I just don't want to be a voice for the devil. No, no not at all. You're not. But
0: I think, I think something that's amazing is that you do within with that sense, along those lines with the teaching style, mm-hmm. is sometimes you'll know that there's like a principle there that we're, we're all missing in the classroom. Right, right. And when we all have our, our opinions, right, which our opinions are built off pieces of that principle or maybe yeah. pieces of truth, yeah. you asking your questions, you know, the opposite, as acting kind of as an anchor.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? It really makes us work more to to find that principle that it's rooted on, and yeah, I think that that is that. invaluable.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite one of my favorite activities, and I haven't done that this year. Well, we don't have Fridays. That's why. Uh, yeah. On Fridays when it was like every other thing, I would, have my, I would have my juniors run the discussion. Like They would choose the topic. They would choose the, the article or whatever. Yeah. And then they would run the discussion. And one of my favorite things in the world was to backseat drive those because I would sit back with my microphone on but turned down. you know, And I would just listen to the discussion for a while until I found people getting stuck. And then I'd be like, what about this? You know, (laughs) and then like the whole thing kind of shifts and I'm like, thank you. Continue. You know, and so I think like one of the things that happened just this last week, and I don't remember if any of you guys were in the class where this was happening, but somebody was like, yeah, that's kind of gray area. And I was like, wait, but hold up. Like, I don't want, I don't want us to think of things as like either right or like there's either this is right you know or this is wrong and everything else in between is gray i think there are like so many different nuances of like sometimes we go well either it's like for instance this this week either it's capitalism or it's Com- communism or exactly. socialism and those are the only two choices right and i think like maybe but maybe there are some nuances of those two things that can get us some closer to something to solving some problems that weren't that we're not effectively addressing with communism and we're not effectively addressing with capitalism, oh, yeah. so right? I and I don't see that necessarily as gray area, but questions that get us closer to like solving problems that need to be solved with principle, mm-hmm. right? So. Just
4: because either side is extreme one way or extreme the other way yeah. doesn't mean it's the correct yeah it's like and it this is right mean, or this is wrong if it's like just because they're extremes in yeah. one side doesn't mean that's yeah. the and answer. it doesn't
2: mean that everything in between is gray mm-hmm. yeah. right Sick. i think we Working define absolutes.
3: that yeah. right yeah. only the
2: sith deal in absolutes
4: <laughs> there you go so then okay so off of the last question where it's like the biggest mistake so then what's like the best thing or like the best like yeah the best thing for high schoolers and students to do from your perspective because, like, you got the biggest mistakes. What are, like, some yeah. of the best things you've seen? Huh? Yeah. Like the best pieces of
2: advice? Oh, gosh. Well, engage. <laughs> you know? Jump in and get, like, get serious about, like, what can this do for me in my life? You know, how can I be a better person? And... And I think also, like, if you can kind of retain this idea that I'm doing this to make myself a better person and to make the, like, the world a better place, like, I think, like, the information that you need that will fit you will come to you. Like, you'll, you'll find it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's probably one thing. I think also, um... I mean, I kind of love saying, "Can you guys believe how close we are to the end of your senior year?" And then everyone freaks out, <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> which isn't very nice of me. It's not very nice. Me. So not very of nice. I know, mm. I know, and it's not very nice of me. But I think, like, I think, like, also maybe another piece of advice would be just to relax and enjoy it. You know, um, I think we worry. I was talking to my girls last night, and I was like, "What would you say? What would you? What advice did you wish you knew before you became an adult?" And my one daughter said. I wish I'd known that like everybody's just fumbling through it and that Mm -hmm. it's okay to like make mistakes as an adult and it's not, you know, it's not end of the world. And I think, and I thought, yeah, you know, I think we just take this so seriously. I think just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy it, you know, have, have fun a little bit. I think we get too much in our head
4: that adults know everything and adults like have everything figured out. So I think that's part of the problem.
2: Yeah. The other thing that I would probably say, and this maybe kind of already goes without saying with what I've already talked about, but um, I think if we can be really conscious that the grades are not the education, you know, that mm-hmm. like yeah. I need to get the grades to do what I need to do, but don't do that and and like lose sight of like the bigger opportunity. Yeah, what you're
3: actually learning. Yeah. And GPA is not everything.
2: Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Someone wise once said.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> GPA is not forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Forever. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, our final question. Sure. You know, we've wrapped up. Uh, it's something we've asked all the people we've interviewed. oh <laughs> um, If you could go back in time and talk to your high school self. Oh, my gosh. And give them <laughs> advice.
2: What would yeah. that be? You know, I think probably I would say... <sighs> I don't... Okay. I would probably say just to be gentle. I would probably tell her to be gentle with herself. To recognize that, like again, like you don't, you you don't have to be perfect. You can't be perfect. And that's okay. And that being human and like being on a path is enough, you know, mm-hmm. and to recognize that like you're here and you're in, an incredible human being. Like you don't, you don't need to prove yourself and you don't need to like be a certain way or fit a certain mold in order to feel like you're worthwhile. Like just be gentle on yourself. And like, you know, work hard and enjoy life, but like be kind to yourself. I think we have a hard time doing that. I did anyway, mm-hmm. but maybe not you guys. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I, mean, I know I
2: do. Yeah, I mean, I think I struggled a lot I mean, to try to be perfect. You know,
3: we're your own worst critic. Right? right? Exactly. So, and I, yeah. I mean, it, when I fail at something, I'm like, dude.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll (laughs) linger in my head for
3: days on end about how I'm just like this horrible person. I can't do this one thing.
2: Yeah, that tape that you play in your head can really affect like who you are and how you live. And I think like we have to be make sure that that tape allows space to say, you know, you're a good person. You're, you know, you're on a path, and it's okay if you're in the weeds sometimes. Like that, everybody is. It's all right. Yeah, and I feel like
3: a perspective we don't tend to see is that like literally everyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we're human, and that's beautiful. <laughs> Find the humanity. Yeah, that's great.
3: Awesome.
0: Thank you so much thank for you. doing this with us and agreeing to be on the show.
2: My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> this has been so fun. You guys have been so kind to me, I feel like. Anyway, I feel I feel honored to be here, so thank you. Yeah.
4: Well, uh, so yeah, thank you very much, and uh, thanks you guys for listening to this week's episode. We'll catch you guys next week.